This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. Hi, this is Kurt Nagel with Crane's Detroit Business here at the Mackinac Policy Conference. Here with me is Haley Murphy, Executive Director of the Detroit Zoo. Haley, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. So I'd like to start out by asking you how the relatively new role over at the zoo is going. It's going fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. I started here in November, and so I'm just, you know, I'm still learning the ropes. It's a big organization with a big impact in the community, um, but I, I love it. It's such a fantastic asset to the community, conservation, education work we do, the diversity, equity, inclusion, and access work that we do, um, along with the animal welfare and humane education. It's just a fantastic place. And now you came most recently from Atlanta, is that correct? Yes, yes. I was in Atlanta for 12 years at Zoo Atlanta. And uh, before that, at Zoo New England in Boston. So my career has been with zoos all along. Okay. Um, what struck you as being uh, different in Detroit as opposed to uh, elsewhere in your career? Sure. Um, besides the cold winters, of course. Uh, you know, I think the thing that has really struck me um, is the community support of this organization, of the Detroit Zoo and the, the Belle Isle Nature Center. I, you know, Zoo Atlanta is a fabulous institution, as is Zoo New England, and they have great community support. But here, if I go to the grocery store on my way home and I have my zoo vest on, I can't make it through the aisle. Everybody stops me and tells me how much they love the Detroit Zoo. The community support, the impact the zoo has is really pretty overwhelming and amazing at the same time. Mm. So um, after a few months in, after you've kind of got a feel of the position, feel of how the operations are working, what are you looking at as um, your priorities? there sure um well of course you know the maybe not of course i don't know it depends on on who's listening but you know one of the strengths of the detroit zoo has always been animal welfare conservation and education so of course i want to continue that tradition and make us keep us and make us an even more powerful and impactful organization for the world's zoos i think that's that's what brought me here that's what attracted me to this position um, not only the, the zoo itself, which is a beautiful facility, but their, the impact the zoo has had on humane welfare and humane conservation, the impact that the zoo has on the city of Detroit and the children of De Detroit. Um, I'm a firm believer that if we don't connect the next generation to nature and we don't connect them to animals and the environment and biodiversity and the diversity in humankind, then we're kind of doomed, right? We, we've got to get that, that next generation connected. So I'm, I'm passionate about that. I think the zoo is a perfect place to do it. We've got a fantastic education department, a world-class conservation department, a world-class animal welfare department. 
Um, we're based in science and data, which we know sometimes doesn't go over that well in this politically divided world. And so I think it's our role and my vision to stay nonpartisan and just give people those facts and connect that next generation to nature. Hmm. Speaking of Detroit, is the Belle Isle Nature Center open? It will be open. Uh, we are doing a huge renovation to the Belle Isle Nature Center. Thank you for asking because it's going to be so exciting. You know, that was that was a unique part of this institution also that everything there is free to the citizens of Detroit. Our programs are free, our camps are free. We take Belle Isle Nature Center out into the city. We do after school programming. We're at the boxing gym. Um, the, the habitats in the new center when, when people come when it opens, which hopefully will be mid to late July, um, they'll see the urban environment that they're used to every day. So the backdrops are all the skyline of Detroit. So incredibly unique nature center being on a river between two countries. I don't know any other nature center in such a situation and so impactful to the citizens of Detroit. And speaking of other outposts for the Detroit Zoo, I know there'd been talk about another location in Macomb County. Mm -hmm. um, is there any development in terms of where that site might be and when it might be open? Yeah, great question. It's been called the Great Lakes Center for Nature. Um, it was really being developed as a vision when COVID hit. And so everything kind of, you know what happened during COVID, right? I keep saying we're going to define our generation by pre and post COVID. Um, but so it, it was put on hold. I am uh, waking it back up right now. I have two task force, a board task force and a, a internal task force looking at what is the vision for that nature center? Should we focus on the Great Lakes, uh, water, science, again, connecting kids to nature? Where should it be? Those are all things we're still looking at um, because it was kind of put on the shelf for a few years so that we could survive the pandemic, quite frankly, like everybody else. Mm -hmm. um any idea where it might be or um, or a rough timeline for when something might um, yeah, uh, solidify? We have not defined a location yet. And part of what um, I've told my team, and, and I firmly believe this is, we have to do this right. We have to fulfill a niche that, that's needed in Macomb and, and for Southeast Michigan. So we're looking at all possibilities, inland, waterfront, um, again, what the focus is. We're doing some research in the community on what the conservation needs are. Because um, I think the worst thing we can do is spend resources on something that they don't really need, the community doesn't really need. Um, what will impact, again, what will impact those kids the most and get the kids of Macomb County connected to nature? Hmm. So it's very nebulous still. Um, we have a lot of ideas on the table we're exploring. Um, but the most important thing for me is how useful it is and filling that that niche or that void and trying to find what that void is. We have a lot of research going on in that. So would you classify that as being um, a main project or uh, still sort of on the sidelines at this point? Or? No, it's a main project. We are putting a lot of time and energy into it right now. Um, you know, we're also doing strategic planning right now at the zoo as a new leader, you know, developing a new strategic plan our master plan is over 20 years old, and I'm proud to say over 80% of it's been accomplished. So it's time to do new master planning. Um, 
you know, trying to organize the team that, that I want to lead. So Great Lakes Center for Nature is certainly a major project. We're building a new kids zone, break ground next year for that. And so we've got a lot of, I would say, major projects going at the same time coming out of the pandemic. Um, so yeah, it's, it's right up there. It's right on the table with our planning team. So as part of that master planning, um, are there any big changes um, to, to speak of in terms of how the zoo operates or in terms of uh, your vision? Um, I certainly, for, for those who research my background, I'm a grade eight person, so I'd love to see us really expand our grade eight area. I also, I'm a veterinarian uh, by training and a scientist. And so part of my uh, vision for the zoo is to really expand our research arm and do more science, the science of conservation, um, we are tremendously uh, well-equipped and well-known for the science behind animal welfare. Um, so I really want to increase our STEM and uh, look into research, get kids. Again, I'm a huge advocate for kids um, being the next generation to lead zoos, to lead aquariums, to lead conservation. So how do we get kids that are struggling through STEM curricula into the zoo and how can we help the school systems to integrate more con conservation and STEM education with that look at nature and look at things like climate change in our environment. Mm. Um, so in the master plan, and we haven't started the process yet, so in the master plan I'm hoping to incorporate a lot of um, you know, science-based uh, exhibits, more science-based interactives, um, more ability to impact kids. Uh, we have quite a few classrooms at the zoo, but I would love to do more zoo to you, take the zoo out into the classrooms more to make that vital connection. This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. So connections between the zoo and uh, maybe Detroit Public Schools mm -hmm. or, um, you know, other uh, learning programs. Have you looked yes. at the possibilities for that? Yeah, we already actually do quite a bit, which is maybe unknown to some. Um, we work with the Detroit Public School System quite a bit. Um, over the pandemic, when kids were so at a disadvantage having to go virtual, we sent out um, STEM kits to third graders throughout the Detroit public school system. We work with a few private and charter schools, um, but we can do more for sure. And partnering with the public school system and, and the charter schools is, is vitally important. So as we look to the future, what does a partnership look like? Um, how can we be unique in those partnerships? Because I think zoos, especially with a professional education department, which we have, um, can help the teachers tell that story and can engage the kids in the story of the future and the environment. And so really when I look to the future of the Detroit Zoo, that's, that's where I see us playing a critical role. Mm. Any new exhibits planned? Um, well, we haven't master planned yet, but the Kids Zone's coming. So Kids Zone is already well in the works. Um, we're in final design right now. That will be a seven-acre um, new area at the zoo, and it will stretch uh, into three kind of regions, if you will. Uh, there's going to be a central parent region <laughs> where parents can kind of decompress, charge your devices, have some shade, grab a snack, um, fully accessible restrooms. 
And then we will also have a fully accessible tree canopy climber for kids to go up into, even if you're mobility challenged. Uh, we'll have a tree house, all sorts of things from tiny tots up to teenagers to do a hmm. uh, little amphitheater. And then you'll move into the animal section, which is really exciting. We'll have uh, actually a farmyard uh, to mimic the agriculture in Michigan, which is super exciting. Hmm. Kids can actually go in and, and brush goats and see goats climb. We'll have a, a mimicked climbing structure on the other side of the fence for kids to climb. Uh, prairie dogs, we're looking at giant anteaters, giant tortoises, a lot of excitement around it because I think it's it's a chance again for those kids to touch a goat, which many kids will never touch a goat. Um, it's a chance for kids to see chickens lay eggs and talk about the agriculture in Michigan. Um, and it's a chance for kids to just, quite frankly, play, play in an open uh, natural area. If they have challenges, they, they will, it will be totally accessible. Mm. Um, the the uh, issues with the Polk uh, Penguin Center uh, obviously happened before um, uh, your leadership transition. Um, but have those uh, issues with with the leaking and some of the contractor uh, construction issues mm -hmm. have they been fully fixed or what sort of a status check on that? Well, we reopened on Valentine's Day, so that was super exciting and uh, intentional because I know how much people love that center and love the penguins. And so um, we still have some leaks. They're very minor. We monitor them pretty aggressively. We have a, a pump system. It's all underground. It's not causing any, any building damage. I've just felt it was really important. The Polk Penguin Conservation Center is such a treasure um, to get it reopened. And so, yeah, everything in the building is not affected by the leaks. Mm. Um, we're still, uh, talking about, you know, the, the building warranty and all of those like other logistics, but for the public, it was super important and for the staff, I will say, and for the penguins to get it open. Cause those penguins really miss people. Mm. Uh, I went through there quite a bit before we opened it and those penguins would follow me through the whole building. <laughs> like, yay, somebody's <laughs> here. So, uh. I hope that people come and enjoy it because it is a fabulous, fabulous habitat. What was the investment needed for the fix? Uh, I don't know because that was before my time. So I don't want to comment on something and be wrong. Understood. <laughs> yeah. uh, one other question from um, a, a vision that was also before your, your time at the zoo. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, aquarium in Detroit, is that still in play? Is that practical? Uh, the aquarium in Detroit is not still in play. Um, now, when we get to master planning, I don't know what that'll look like because we haven't even hired a company to come in and work with us yet. But we have a lot of things going on right now. <laughs> and so uh, right now we haven't even discussed it. Yep. Not in play. Got it. Um, is there anything going on uh, at the zoo there in Royal Oak or, or in Detroit or elsewhere that I didn't ask about that you would like to highlight? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, this is our first full kind of full swing after COVID. So we're still in recovery mode for sure. Um, we have lifted our uh, limit on our capacity coming through the gates. We still ask you to make a reservation if you can. We don't require it of members, but we do ask the general public to make a reservation. And that's really so we can control the flow through our indoor habitats more than anything. Um, we're back to a full swing event. Sunset at the zoo is June 24th. Uh, 
the party of Detroit to go to. From what I understand, this will be my first one, so I'm super excited. Uh, we're back to four 21 and over beer tasting events, which is really fun also. I just went to my first one last week. It was really fun. Um, and our education department, like I said, is back in full swing. We're in the middle of doing a new conservation strategy to really look at how we can impact local conservation as well as conservation far away. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of excitement. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. And I think the zoo is, it's such a well-loved institution. That, that does remind me, wasn't there an otter sighting in the Detroit River not yeah. long ago? So exciting. So, so is that on your radar? Yeah, well, we certainly, you know, because we have Belle Isle Nature Center right in the river um, and we work with local conservation groups, that sighting of the river otter in the Detroit River um, really excited all of us at the zoo uh, and really shows that the health of the river system and the waterways are being improved. When you start to see wildlife choose to swim down a river, you know that river is healthy again. And so for an organization that focuses on conservation, that was a huge win for everybody. Um, so we're super excited about that and with working with other conservation organizations too. I'm a firm believer that we can't do it alone and we shouldn't do it alone. Um, we don't need to fight about agendas and what's more important. We just need to, to put our um, politics aside and work together to help the environment. Mm. Haley, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region.